I was told you were coming. A slayer. I'm so stuck. Drawn like a, a cork in a bottle. My ascension is almost at hand. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Welcome back, kids. This is Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Oh, I really need the beer for this one. Holy fuck-a-doodle-doo. It's a good thing we're pre-liquored up. <laughs> so this is season one, episode four. I didn't even look up the fucking name of this episode. You go ahead and look up the title of this episode, Rex, because I'm curious. Before I do our mom synopsis... Uh, which, last episode, the mom synopsis literally happened to be almost exactly the same as the title of the episode. But yeah, Beer with Buffy, where we are gonna, we're gonna look back on an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with some nostalgia and a modern view and, you know, an extra 15 years or so of life experience. And in this episode, a lot of cringe... Oh, the cringe. So the, the episode is called Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's it's good bad, though. It's better good bad than the, than the witch episode. Okay, last episode was boring. This episode isn't boring, but it just... I'm simultaneously so giddy to be doing this episode and also just happy that we're going to be done with it. <laughs> so it opens up on a dream sequence, which isn't immediately shown as a dream sequence. But the second that I notice Buffy's clothes and that <laughs> she's in danger and Xander helps save her, I'm like, oh, look, it's a dream. Enter nice guy Xander <laughs> with his hero complex from hell. Oh, my God. So they're in a they're at the bronze in his in his fantasy so his daydream yeah, the, it opens up on the bronze and there's a vampire there and Buffy is attempting to fight the vampire but not doing well and she's in trouble and, being, and wearing an outfit that has definitely more cleavage than a 16-year-old girl should have yeah and very anti-characteristically um just she's in trouble she's wiffle balling it yep. she's she, like ah, she's in oh, trouble I'm, being fought by a big man and, and monster. Quote, tall, dark, and handsome Xander, end quote. Yeah. Steps in and beats the vampire up and he falls to the ground and he's all super witty. Come with me if you want to live. And Buffy's like, oh, you've hurt your hand. Yeah. Are you going to be able to continue playing? Because he's in a <laughs> band and he's going to be on stage. I got this, baby. I got this. And as he walks away, the vampire stands back up and he rips a table, uh, chair leg off the chair and throws it at the vampire. He just whiffs it like so effortlessly. Like I don't care how strong you are. There's, there's Ugh. no leverage. And then he jumps up on stage and starts playing the electric guitar. And this this chair leg that looks like it's approximately the weight of a wiffle ball. Hits him in the chest, and he obviously, the, the vampire just grabs it and goes, oh, and falls backward, and we're even robbed of the moment of him turning to dust. We don't even get to see that. 
And I think that's because Xander has not actually seen that ever in real life, and so he can't dream about it. <laughs> I feel like he did, but that's an excellent theory that we could look uh, into later. So, And then he plays the guitar, which, admittedly, they actually do a decent job of making it look like he's playing guitar. And, you know, I mean, it's entirely possible that he does fake the guitar a little bit, or is even maybe, in real life, a fairly competent in, guitar player. In the dream, Everybody plays Buffy's the fucking like, hey, guitar. you're drooling, and he's like, what? And, oh, you're drooling, and he wakes up, they're in science class. Yeah, they're in science class, again. <sighs> but this teacher... So oh, I, be, before we get too far away from that, I, I do want to commend one little thing about that opening scene, and that's that... At least, even though he had the hero complex and the, what did I call it, nice guy syndrome, at least yep. he felt like he needed to do something to impress the lady. Never mind that in his imagination, she's way more helpless than she really is, uh, which tells us he doesn't actually appreciate Buffy for whom she is. No, He's just got a, a, a big teenager geek nice guy hard on for her she could really be anybody but you know at least he doesn't think that he can brood in the corner and just get pity sex for it so i i'll give it that that's about it though out of the gate though with this episode i'm uh, like after the weirdness of xander last episode and then right into it with this episode i like He's got some redeeming to do. Oh my god. It's bad, guys. It's so bad. <laughs> Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Uh, but anyway, the dream's over. Science class. And we're in science class, and there's this... <laughs> Lovely little bit where the teacher is standing with his back to Willow and asking Buffy questions and Willow's miming behind the teacher to like give Buffy the, the answers. The answer to the question, what how do ants communicate? Yeah. They're studying by, insects. By touch and by smell. Yeah. Because they're studying insects. Uh-huh. And the... The teacher, and I forgot to write down his name, which actually annoys me. I think it me. was Dr. Gregory. Yeah, Dr. Gregory. He goes, what was Willow's last name? Rosenberg? Rosenberg. Rosenberg. He's like, are there any more questions Rosenberg would like to answer? Because <laughs> he knows. It's like the son of a bitch could see behind him. And, like... He turns out to actually they, be a really cool dude. And yeah, and that's what the point I was going to make is like, at first you're like, oh, this teacher's an asshole. Uh-huh. But after the class clears out, he he's talking to Buffy and he's actually really fucking awesome. Like, I wish I had a teacher that good in high school. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, your principal showed me your permanent record, but I don't care about that. I think you're really smart. I think you have a lot of potential. Uh-huh. And just do your homework and try. And I think you could really succeed. And he gives he gives Buffy this beautiful little boost that she obviously needs. That she because, actually needed. I was like, because, damn, that's good parenting. And Even, it's... Like, this man is not getting paid enough. And then he immediately dies. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. The, and the I'm, one good adult influence. Like, I was so fucking angry about that well besides giles obviously well yeah 
Your, your mom's not but terrible. Giles, Giles isn't. Giles isn't. He doesn't build Buffy up necessarily. He lectures a little. That's he true. He pushes her. Yeah, and she needs that. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. This teacher actually is like, no, I think you're. I think you just need to try a little harder. You're doing good. And she's gotten so much shit over oh, every yeah. episode before this. Just like, oh, you burned down the school and you're causing trouble and you're gonna do it again. We're just waiting and watching because you're gonna fuck up. And he's like, let's make them eat that permanent record. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. And it's such a like great moment where like his tone and everything. He's like, no. Screw these people, Buffy. Yeah. You you yeah. you can be something awesome. <laughs> and I wish I had had teachers that were that good Seriously. in high school. And I was so disappointed that he dies right away. Immediately. Like, she walks out of the room and then there's a thing that eats him immediately. Like, <laughs> where was it hiding? Inexplicable claw. Just shink and moving along. And cut to title sequence. That's life. I do have to mention uh, we're four episodes in now. Yeah, it is episode four. And I'm still not tired of the opening sequence, which is... <laughs> I I think that's a testament to the good music, because it is go- a, a good uh, opening music. Oh, yeah, the actual title sequence. Yeah, but the actual... Not the... The, the dime store once a, announcer. Once a generation... Once a generation, uh, <laughs> a slayer is born. Exactly. She plays the, the with actual, the ghouls... Rock music title sequence. Yeah. And which still like fills me with a little spike of joy. Yeah. Nostalgia. So we we open on the bronze. Cut to the bronze. Got this jock dude. His name's Blaine. So the cringe begins. Immediately posturing over how many women they've supposedly slept with in exchange between Blaine and Xander. Yeah. Exactly. You can just Ad infinitum. I'm just going to loop that, that sound effect for any time we talk about Blaine or Xander for that sake in this entire fucking episode. Every male, with the exception of Giles, in this entire fucking episode is awful. <laughs> if one of us is not groaning, the other should be. It's... Uh, um, and not it's in a sexual that, way, you fucking perverts. It's that very, like you said, quintessential, you know, I've slept with so many women. I nicknamed him Macho Cannon Fodder 2.0. <laughs> He's the next Jesse. He is the next Jesse. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to report he survives the episode. Hopefully he doesn't survive... If he if he comes back, I don't think he's coming back. I hope not. We'll see. He, uh, but Angel shows up, and Xander is super fucking jealous. And he uses his friends Buffy and uh, uh, Willow to Im- try and impress this fucking guy that yeah. he and has no relationship and to. And of course, Willow's gung- this. Willow's gung ho for it. Yeah, she's like, oh, we'll show because him. She really wants. Xander. Uh, right. And it's very obvious, especially through this episode. And Buffy's confused, nevertheless, vaguely but, conciliatory. Yep. And then <laughs> before the awkwardness could set in, Angel shows up and Xander's super jealous of Angel. Just like, oh, she never mentioned how Buffy was. <laughs> Immediately, Buffy walks up to Angel and she's like, oh, are you just going to show up and then give me a cryptic warning and then go away? Oh, hell no. And he's he's like, oh, no. And you you look cold and gives 
her his leather jacket. Uh, not before she misinterprets what he said. With good reason. It's like, oh, you can handle it. No, you you actually look cold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he says you oh you're cold. Yeah, and she, she said something shitty that you know is good because hey creepy stalker dude stop following yeah, me around. He's creepy. He's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say, the dude's buff. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just got to give a girl a coat, and it works. She's like, oh my. And he's got a cut on his arm. And he's hinting at some badass vampire and finally mentions the master, which thank God someone has at this point. Right. And then he gives her a cryptic warning and he leaves. And it's just hilarious because that's what she expected him to do. And insert plot complication here. So after God, that, we need, we need all the distractions from the actual story that we can get. <laughs> So then what? So the next morning, they we get up- Giles and Buffy walking, and Buffy's relaying the messages of what Angel said to Giles. Oh, yeah. We get our little library powwow. Yep. Which isn't actually in the library for once. It's outside the school. Okay. <laughs> Giles give- gives this really good line that is completely bulldozed over by the the actual scene it's just that nice little like under his breath line where he's like maybe you just have too many guys <laughs> yeah i i heard i did not hear giles talking when he said that i heard anthony stewart head talking when he said that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that i he did not sound it, yeah. at all in character no it's like <laughs> it was very, criticism of the show there it was like somebody yelled cut and he kept talking. I have to mention, I have to mention, she's still wearing Angel's coat and she she's wearing it, it the, the, she's wearing it pretty much the rest of the, the episode. He could have left a tracker in that. You know, and he's, cre- he's creepy and stalkerish. He probably has. I don't know. He's fucking pretty. So we <laughs> get back to the cringe. So, so what what did they decide in that conversation though? What I don't remember because immediately up. after that conversation comes to a close, I am distracted because up walks super sexy teacher. Oh, and, that's right. And oh, it, they, they they figure out that Doctor Gregory's missing, and yep. they're gonna have a substitute. Yep, and then in walks uh, the substitute Miss French. Miss French and Miss French is a super hottie. And hitting on Xander and immediately, Z- immediately doesn't even make it inside to uh, check in at the main office. She's not yeah. a regular teacher. And she's there. like, "Where, where is Science One Hundred and Nine? Yep. And uh, what douche canoe steps up, Blaine. and he's Blaine. He's like, uh, "I can show you. I'm headed there right now. <laughs> it's not oh, far from the field God. where I took all city in." the specific year when i took all city insert here and it's like really here. you weren't even close enough to hear the question she asked here let me show you my penis <laughs> that is that is exactly what they're saying this is here, what let me show you my penis this is what men did before they could text <laughs> dick pics apparently, apparently. yes <laughs> it, it's fucking awful god and then in class 
like everything the teacher says, Blaine is like sexist comment here, sexist uh-huh. comment here, sexist comment I'll here. I'll tell you where I want and, you. Oh, <laughs> excuse God, me, what? It's so bad. <laughs> I couldn't even pay attention to what the fuck was going on in the scene <laughs> because it's just so awful. Yeah, I glazed over so much. Like the next note I even wrote down doesn't even have anything to do with the science lab or Miss French. It's it's not until Buffy's in the park. So apparently I, I think she has another scene yeah, you're, with you're yeah, because they with Giles. Well after or where after she tells this, him, after introducing Miss French and everything, they're in the, the cafeteria and they've uh uh-huh. Cordy Cordelia finds the teacher's body. Uh huh. Who's headless in the freezer? Yep. Couple of things. <laughs> First off, we're like mid lunch. Yep. No one's opened that fucking thing <laughs> at all. All day. Yeah. No and- one has opened that refrigerator all day. And Cordelia has the most bullshit excuse to open that. She, yeah, she has a doctor's prescribed lunch. When and since when would they still let a student walk behind the counter? On top of that, was the doctor prescribed lunch put in the freezer with the body there and just no one noticed? Yeah. <laughs> like how does the body only just now get discovered? He's been there since yesterday. They do this amazing thing to have him headless. Basically, his body is standing in the the freezer. Yeah. But it's obvious that they cut a hole in the top of the freezer where his head is actually, like, in a hole. I'm not even sure they needed to do that. I think they just cut the, the frame off at his neck. But he's, like, standing there stiff as a board. Uh-huh. It's like, how is and, he even... And the second part I have Rick about this is <laughs> if the creature that, that ate him or ate his head or whatever, uh-huh. as we learn later, why did it take the body and hide it in the cafeteria? Yeah. Like, there are a lot of places you could hide a body. Much and much better places. Seems like it's a like, bad and idea. And they established later she's like 90 years old. Yeah. The creature... She should have a better plan yeah. worked out. No wonder she needs to steal substitute teachers' identities to eat science teachers. It's like not oh just my God. there were plenty of bums in the park, but she had to pick a high profile, well liked and immediately missed public figure. But there we from- We mentioned a few episodes oh. ago how good of a writer Joss Whedon is. Uh, somebody had some growing to do. The dialogue is still good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with that. Aside from that, though. You're going to back that one up, Rex? Uh, That's okay. <laughs> there are there there are still some good dialogue moments in this, in this episode. Plenty of other things to attack, anyway. Um, so, immediately from finding the teacher's body, they cut to the library. Now, this is after Miss French has uh, taught her first yes, uh, yes. lesson, right? Yeah. In which she immediately launches into talking about praying mantises like they were talking about ants the day before yeah and the the episode before that they were dissecting frogs she specifically picks the praying mantis and just clearly has a big old That's lady not telling her anything lady boner for praying mantises <laughs> so we cut back to the library and then we we get a line that i love um my lump my lump my lovely lady lump stop that i don't, will not no don't do that 
She had a lovely lady lump for praying mantises. I I will say that the the woman they cast as Miss French is quite attractive. Very attractive lady. Let's glorify some <laughs> but pedophilic we- teacher student <laughs> romances. Yeah. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the slayer and we're like the slayerettes. Oh, please. From finding the body, we cut to the library immediately. Library. And the library. The library. Uh, Giles is like, here, Buffy, drink this, and hands Buffy a glass of water. And she's like, no, thank you, and then takes a drink. I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't notice that she said no, thank you. She said no, thank you, <laughs> took the glass, and numbly <laughs> takes a drink. And plays off being just completely <laughs> numb to like what happened very well. There's again they they talk about the vampire that Angel mentioned. Uh-huh. They hint at the big series the season plot, which is really nice because the last episode they didn't fucking talk about it at all. At all. And so it's nice to know that He the, called him the Vampire King. I appreciated I didn't notice that. that. He did. Well, the it master. Fits. It we're fits. referring to the master. It fits. It does. So from there, well, Buffy first tells Giles that, that she's not going to patrol, which why Giles doesn't want her to patrol is fucking stupid. She's the fucking vampire slayer. <laughs> There's a vampire running around. Yeah. She should go kill the vampire. Now, before you do anything rash, Buffy, we need to know more about this. See? It's a vampire. You stab it with a stake. But she goes anyway, and holy shit, the park is filled with homeless people. Filled. <laughs> She's literally tripping over the homeless this people. This city is covered in the ejaculate of the homeless. I don't think they were ejaculating. Just a shout out to Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I have, I have not seen that All show. Alrighty then. I have not seen that show. Anyway, no, the first bum's entrance, he's like, what are you doing here, little lady? It's dangerous. And it was like, ooh, he gonna die. <laughs> first of all, I've never met a homeless person that nice. Second of all, it's like, thanks, John Wayne. <laughs> well, hey there, little lady. Just as much of an alcoholic, less revered by the public. He did have he did have an alcohol beverage in his hand. He did. Well, it was in a paper bag. You it don't was, know. Uh, you're, you're, you are correct. He was being perfectly legal about it. Technically speaking, I do not know. You fucking ableist. So we get to see... Maybe he was camping. We get to see the vampire that Angel gives his cryptic onomatopoeia. Damn, I can't say that word. Onomatopoeia. Ominous. Ominous. Ominous message about... Ominous onomatopoeia. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck your acting degree. (laughs) No! (laughs) We, We get to see the vampire that Angel warned about, and... He's not that scary. <laughs> this fucking guy. He has a fucking rake thing on his hand. Pops out of a tree. He's like Freddy Krueger's bastard son. And he runs off. Buffy chases him. He hops over a fence. And there's a woman walking down the street. Hold that on. Happens to- Hold on. Did you, did, uh, did you notice the police were chasing him? I did not, actually. And they- they were like, police, stop. And it was some dude wearing the stupidest hat with, like, 
a, a gang of civilians behind okay, yeah, him. I do remember this. And the thing I remember is the vampire ran away from the police. <laughs> from the police. Who looked Why? like I was like, is this Andy Griffith? <laughs> where did these where did they get these police? No wonder Buffy is the only one doing anything about this city. So Jesus she chases Christ. the vampire and he hops over a fence and he attacks a woman walking down the street with her groceries, and it happens to be Miss French. Miss French. The second she turns around, he gets scared and runs away, and yep. Buffy sees this. And so she immediately she now suspects something is weird with Miss French because As she should yeah because <laughs> bitch scared away a vampire mm, that yeah. they're not even afraid of the Slayer who's like genetically designed to murder them yeah <laughs> it, they all get super cocky about that they're just like hey a Slayer I haven't killed a Slayer since yesterday's dinner so Buffy goes the next day to talk to Giles about it Giles of course is a little miffed that she went out without his permission to you know patrol how dare she which we've we've covered it's dumb (laughs) but then we get to a quote that i love buffy says i'm an undead monster that can shave with my hand how many things am i afraid of (laughs) (laughs) just in reference to her being scared of miss french yeah which had giles concerned definitely reasonably so yeah definitely yeah so they said, um, well, I, I suppose we better keep an eye on Miss French. Then. Yeah, pretty much. And Buffy's like, well, I better get to class then. I'm going to go to class. Pretty much. And she runs and, out. And, and on her way to class, in walks... Principal Cockblock, a.k.a. in this scene, Mr. Bean. <laughs> like the tie, suit, and also just the particular angle that you're looking at him he looks exactly like a plump version of mr bean you said you wrote down he had a lot to say (laughs) he did he was surprisingly (laughs) caring like i stopped hating him for just a moment i didn't (laughs) because he's not sincere about any of the shit he's saying right it's it's basically oh my god we're gonna get so sued don't sue the school (laughs) He's convincing Buffy to go to counseling because she saw the dead body and clearly she automatically must be traumatized, which would be true for pretty much any other student on the planet. That is not, you know, genetically engineered to be, you know, a vampire slayer. Except for Cordelia, who's just a sociopath. (laughs) But before we get to that, he says, you you saw the body. She said, he was, don't don't say the word dead, decapitated decomposing just stay word from stay away from d words in general and i was like i th- i can think of a d word right now <laughs> M- mr principal he's very big d word <laughs> so uh he's like yes you're gonna be uh, but, oh but i'm gonna be late for science class like she cares first of all well actually she does well yeah because she's she trying to go to, you know watch keep an Ms. eye on miss french so he walks her to counseling where she's specific However, like he specifically says, yes, you're going to be very late for science class. <laughs> yes, you're going to be very late. And he uh, forces her to go sit outside the counseling room where Cordelia is being counseled. Oh, and oh my God. This is how we know she's I, a sociopath. Hold on. Right I, here. All I have to say is the first thing I wrote in my notes for this scene was, Jesus Christ, Cordy. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> because hold on, hold on. holy shit. Like... She's just rambling on about this. Yeah, but uh, before we, we'll come back to that. Another uh, awesome moment with Principal Cockblock. 
he had an actual quote, not just the dead, decapitated, decomposing D word. Uh, he said, we all need help with our feelings. Otherwise, we bottle them up. And before we know it, powerful laxatives are involved. <laughs> I was like, that's the most insightful thing you've said since this show started. Extremely. <laughs> and then immediately we get to, to witness Cordy talking to the counselor. And she has a line that is just amazing. I find it difficult to hate her in this moment. I don't remember what her lead up to the quote was, but the, the quote itself is, on the bright side, used Mercedes still come with leather seats. <laughs> well, she, she's like, well, you know, I'm not saying that. Oh, right, right. Not, she's I, like, I lost like three ounces. I'm not saying we should murder a teacher just so that I can lose weight, but we should take these bad points in time to look on the bright side. You know, like, like how, how Mercedes come with leather seats. Like yeah, how even a used Mercedes still has leather seats. Oh, Cordy. <laughs> That's her analogy. I, you know, <laughs> I've seen this, this series multiple times. And it never really dawned on me how just excellent Cordy is as... <laughs> and being so superficial. She is a professional, superficial person. Thing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal like, because... Frankly, I have leather seats and those fucking things get hot in the summer. <laughs> like, I, that, I hate leather furniture. I hate... It's easy to clean, but... I that like, le not I like leather jackets. Point. It's all I like as far as leather. Yeah. Like, my computer chair is leather, and it pisses me off. It's a fancy windbreaker. Anyway, <laughs> so, and the, the look on Buffy's face as she's listening to Cordelia was priceless. Oh, God. Yes, it was. I, I, I can't describe it. <laughs> she was not remotely surprised by, by Cordy's. It, it, it wasn't even pure disgust. It was... Just why am I being forced to listen to this? <laughs> the the act of having to listen to Cordy in therapy was far more traumatizing than seeing the dead body. It to was Buffy. like forcing a patient who is unable to move to watch Barney. <laughs> That's the look on her face in that moment. <laughs> Definitely. You, you mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You, you mean you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. Um, so we cut to the class, and the way she is talking, and the way she is giving significant looks to her students. Severely unprofessional, uh, first of all. <laughs> I wrote, if she's not a monster, she's a pedophile. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's so so bad. Mm -hmm. There okay, I have to say this. There is no fucking way this episode would have ever aired today. No. N never. No. Never ever ever because nope. Jesus Christ, this fucking female pedophile teacher is creepy as fuck yeah and the the sexist way that these fucking male students are just <laughs> falling all, all over themselves over it oh my oh, shit it, it hurts to watch yeah they're like motherfucker i'm gonna get a I notch on my belt with 
some with this bitch. Yeah. I expected some shit in these in this, this series about it not aging well and things like that. But I thought of things like when I went back and rewatched X Files, how they're like picking up phones that are the size of a fucking brick, you know? <laughs> not not just this multiple bricks. Oh my Let's be god, honest. this like this episode is it's the like epitome the, the walkie-talkies from Stranger Things, man. Like we we mentioned in the previous episode how, you know, there's so many moments of just before anyone was woke, so to speak. Uh-huh. But this episode really <laughs> nails that one down. It really does. Oh, it's so painful. But we get the, Buffy finally gets back to class just in time to see Miss French uh, 180 her head around. Yeah. Which, why the fuck would Miss French do that in the middle in of the class? In the middle of class. Like, the, this this was another instance of very poor editing, because you could tell that when Buffy got to the door, it looked clearly like Miss French had made eye contact with Buffy through the window. And then we right. cut to Buffy's point of view through the window, and Miss French does the 180 thing. It's like, wait, she was already looking at Buffy. Why did she need to 180? Oh, she wasn't looking at Buffy. She just sensed her from behind her. Yeah, I don't. It uh... was bad. Um, but so she runs back to Giles. And she's like, oh, my God. She must be a praying mantis. Because <laughs> she 180'd her head. I, you know, hold on, though. Buffy doesn't immediately know. That she's a praying mantis. No, she doesn't quite jump to that. But she conclusion. does. She does think that she's a bug of some sort. Yeah. Which you know kind of gives credit to Buffy in that she was listening to the previous teacher. Well, there's a little bit of a line of logic that leads her to that. She's like, "Well, what could possibly do this?" Giles is like, "Well, nothing human." Which I'm surprised they didn't think of owls. There are, are actually a number of just animals that can turn their head that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not just bugs, but, you know, prominently bugs. So, Buffy... What, what, what actually led them to think that it was... Oh, that's right. Um, so, Giles has this <laughs> moment. Is this where it happens? Oh, where Giles is like, well, when I was teaching at Oxford... Yes. I had a cohort teacher who went crazy and he thought about this giant bug creature. Yeah, he just happened to be an entomologist and a mythologist. Um, and those were his specialties. How convenient. Very convenient. And, oh, but he lost his mind. And Buffy's like, it, it, what a what a mist is like, bugs and fairy tales. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I'm going to go study bugs now. And and Giles is like, I'm going to make a transatlantic phone call. <laughs> Which he does on the school phone. Think about that. Yeah. He just charged that transatlantic phone call on the school phone. That shit was expensive in the 90s. <laughs> so we get we do get this great moment where Buffy's like, gung-ho, I'm going to study bugs. Mm-hmm. And walks up into the stacks of books and disappears and then immediately comes back and she's like, where are the books on bugs? <laughs> I don't know where books are. <laughs> and then uh, Willow is like, okay, well, I'm going to break into, I'm, I'm going to hack into the coroner's office because we need to figure out oh, yeah. how uh, Mr. Gregory died. So this actually brings me to one of my a Giles quote. I got the same one. Yep. After, no, no, before that, sorry, before that, we're jumping ahead. What? Um. Before that, 
That never happens. Uh, we cut back to Miss French in class and Xander being his hormone hormone ridden self. Yeah. And she has she's making a sandwich. And she has a, a Tupperware container. And she, apparently it's after school, and she invites him to her home. She she immediately, her first idea right out of the gate is, let's make some model eggs for the science yeah, project. That, that's her her bait to get these guys alone Uh uh-huh and then of course she's forgotten the materials so if you could just i've done a terrible thing xander would you be able to come over to my house tonight so we can work on that project oh god (laughs) it's so painful yeah but then she's all about it xander's of course tripping over himself and he he's like yeah i'll be there and he leaves and then i cracked up at this she grabs this this Tupperware container uh-huh. with a label that says food on it. <laughs> I didn't notice the label. Who labels their, like, you label with what's in it, not just food. Yeah. This Tupperware container contains food. Yeah, but it had crickets in it, so it would have made people suspicious if it said crickets. Right, why, like, okay, if it if it said crickets, why would she label it? She could have labeled it ham sandwich or something. She's clearly not above lying. No! <laughs> oh, she's really bad at hiding, though. Yeah, a little bit. So then, then we get the sequence where Buffy comes out with a book, and she's learned all this shit about praying mantises. Which, you know, I like this because it shows that Buffy's not a fucking moron. Like, she actually understands how to look information up and, like, absorb it and learn from it and so forth, she so can, on. She can do her research. And, like, that that made me happy because before this bit, she kind of just follows them. She was kind of just a blunt instrument. Exactly. Like, oh, they'll do the research. I'll go kill the thing once you tell me what to do. Yeah. And th- this, that is definitely not the case in this episode, yep. and I I really approve of that. So this is when we get to hear the results of Willow's hacking into the coroner's office. Giles gives a great line where he's like, "Is is that is that strictly legal?" <laughs> and of both course, of them in unison. Oh, absolutely! They're obviously lying, <laughs> and he very deadpan says. Oh, right. Wasn't here. Didn't see it. Couldn't have stopped you if I wanted to. That was also one of my quotes of the day. <laughs> and he just walks away to make his transatlantic phone call. Uh-huh. And so they're uh, they're a little worried about Xander. They're like, oh, no, he uh, I saw him earlier today. He's He must be fine and safe at home. Well, uh, Buffy runs into Xander in the hall, and Xander is... Xander basically is like, what, Buffy? Are you jealous now? Because <laughs> th- she's uh, this teacher has the hots for me. Yeah. Oh, God, I have never wanted to reach into a fucking TV and smack a character so hard. I have, but this was definitely in the top of those moments. And then uh, they're, of course, like, oh, what's going to happen with Xander? Oh, but he went home. He's fine. He's fine. But they go there. He shows up. He's an asshole, but he's fine. Yeah. He shows up at her house for the date, and she's dressed to the nines. 
And he's she's, at the door. She's pouring martinis. Oh, God. Wearing this slim cut little piece. Xander gets to the door and she's an- she answers the door and he is literally staring at her boobs the entire fucking scene. Which, you know, is par for the course and relevant to where the episode's been going. And she immediately is like, do you want some alcohol, Mr. Underage Kid? Uh, yeah, Mr. Fucking 16-year-old. Have a martini. Yeah. And then basically bullies him, emotionally browbeats him into taking this drink. And he just guzzles it in one shot. And I'm like, you've probably never drank in your life. And you just guzzled a martini. And I'm a seasoned drinker and martinis are still disgusting (laughs) to me. I actually like them, but you don't. You fucking sip that shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's all alcohol. Also, here's my question. So he gets a bit woozy shortly after, and he's like, so that's a martini, huh? Well, she now, definitely roofied him. Ah, ah, see, this is my question. She clearly, in the establishing shot of this scene, poured her drink and his drink from the exact same container. And, and she does take a sip of hers. And they did not establish her poisoning his drink. So my question is, there's two options here. Was he just such a lightweight because he's never drank before or did it have, was it not a martini and it was just something that she could tolerate because she's not human? That's possible. He wouldn't fucking know whether it's actually a martini. Yeah, it was probably some sort of mutant praying mantis hormone enhancer thing that also makes him pass out. Who knows? Who knows? It had olives in it and it was in a martini glass. And it's date rape. Yeah. It's fucking date rape. One way or another. But there is there is a great line in right before Xander passes out, he looks at her hands and we see a horrible transition green screen effect where her hands turn into Mantis hands. She's like, yo, your hands are so hot. And I honestly couldn't tell. Did she mean sexy? I have no idea. Or temperature. I have no idea. And he had the, and he gave him this he's... flashback to the opening scene of his fantasy with Buffy. Yeah. She's like, oh, your hand, is it okay? And, and I then was he's like, like, I like Buffy. You guys are stretching at And this then he looks, he looks at her hand and he's like, your hands are so serrated. Serrated. <laughs> and then he passes out. And then she drags him down to her lair, her rape dungeon. Then we're back to the library. Where Willow is obviously worried about Xander mm-hmm. and obviously like crushing hardcore on him because she's like, what about his cute face and all this shit? Mm-hmm. But no, she can't eat his head. That's where like his eyes and his cute mouth are. And I like those. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. So Buffy's like, no, he's fine. But they still decide that they need to go find Miss French. And they're like, well, shit, let's just look up her address in the registry. Yeah, which is a <laughs> decent idea. Yeah. Um, uh, and, then and I'm like, what are the odds? Basically, they, they figure out that the the number one way to kill this thing would be to, you know, just cut it up. Yeah. And Buffy gets the brilliant idea of 
getting recording the sound of bat sonar bat sonar which is a brilliant move on her part it is and actually. no one else thought of it, it just kind of major kudos to her yep it's like uh, just so that we're prepared we need some bat sonar G- even giles is like where do i get bat sonar in the vid library there's no books but it's dark and musty you'll be right at home and <laughs> another great quote <laughs> yeah so uh, so they set off to go find Mrs. French. We're off to find the praying mantis substitute teacher. They go to her house and they discover that, oh, Miss French is an imposter. The real Miss French, who's 90 some years old. A sweet old lady. Is an old lady. I, ju- I do want to mention that the woman that they cast for Miss French is not 90 years old. <laughs> she was excellent, though. She I, was. I liked her. I've seen her in some other stuff in small bits, and it, like she's, I think she's one of those like career small bit actors. I don't think the, the human character needed to be 90 years old. They hadn't established that the... Uh, that the persona of Natalie French was supposed to be 90 years old. It was only that the uh, the well, monster they, they was 90 years they old. They don't really establish it either way well. So it's ke- left kind of ambiguous of whether or not it's the teacher or the creature that are that, that's that old. Yeah. Unimportant, but Basically, really. Miss French retired in the 70s. Yeah. And so they're like, well, shit, what do we do now? How do we find... And I just want to point out how endearing it was that they were suddenly talking about this lady like she didn't exist. And she was like, no, I'm right here. And that was cute. <laughs> small bit part, excellently well done. Yeah. There are no small roles, only small actors. And I loved that little old lady. She was fun. Anyway, so they have to find the house... And Buffy gets the the brilliant idea of capturing the clawed vampire. The, the fork vampire. <laughs> and using him like a drug dog. And it's... I just have to say, the thing that jumped out at me about this is, this is a dude that, like... Angel was like um, ominously warning her about, and she just like goes into the sewers like, okay, I got him. Angel's kind of a wuss. <laughs> Angel is a wuss. Honestly, like <laughs> Angel, you need to recalibrate your your threat assessment. He scratched my arm. I don't know if I can do this anymore, Buffy. I need your help. Oh God! So they they find Miss French's house. They just kind of pointed him down half a block, <laughs> and he's like, rrr, 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 "Not that house." She's like, "Oh, that house, huh?" And then there's this little, very conveniently placed white picket fence, uh, like a mini garden picket fence. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, gee, I wonder if he's going to get stabbed in the heart with that. And indeed, she does break off a piece of it, and she just kind of throws it at him. <laughs> right. I, I want to point something out here that I have noticed. I haven't seen a single fucking vampire in the entirety of the series yet who actually got stabbed where the fucking heart is. <laughs> like, the the... This guy got stabbed in the like the, in the vampire armpit. in the opening dream sequence is like stabbed in the fucking kidney practically, <laughs> and this one isn't stabbed anywhere near the heart. Yeah, it's, 
Well, at least you should know where the heart is, people. And this one's not even Xander's fantasy, and we're still robbed of a dust puff. Yeah. Death. I, I think they... they I think they were low on they funds. They used all of their budget for the fucking <laughs> yes. praying mantis, which actually didn't look bad. It wasn't the most awful thing I've ever seen. It didn't age well, but for the time that this came out, that was pretty damn decent. Yeah, you know what? Especially for a a fairly lower budget TV show. It's hard for me to say anything cool or or witty or at all. I I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the Slayer and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So we cut back to the basement with uh, Xander and Blaine. Uh, They're stuck in the cages uh, and we see Blaine in a not douchey light for just a moment. He's scared. A very brief moment. It does not last. He's vulnerable. He's still a dick, but, you know, he doesn't deserve to be eaten. And he's very gruesomely and vividly describing what... The the, yeah. the monster is about to do to them. One of oh, them. Oh man! She shoots eggs at you, and then and then she mates with you, and it's awful. <laughs> and then she eats your head. And I just want to point out, uh, I thought it was very nice that she at least laid down some hay in their cages for them. So just in case they needed to pee a little, <laughs> it would soak it up a bit. Uh, not that she's oh. any stranger to, you know, mucusy, no, gooey substances. But anyway, so this, this monster costume, it's not terrible at first. And then I'm suddenly, I find myself flashbacking to that episode of original Star Trek with William Shatner, where he's fighting the lizard monster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I'm just man. like, wow, 30 years I later. I don't think it's that bad. 30 years later and we're still doing I this. I don't think it's that bad. It's they not- at least they did have at least enough wherewithal to keep it mostly in shadow. Yeah. And they and they, so that that they, helped. They kept the shots chopped up enough so that we didn't see any of the but fabric of is, the costume wrinkling. There is the moment where Xander is chained up and kind of like hanging there and the mantis is right in his face and it's a little too long on screen and that's the moment where you're like that's kind of not a great costume (laughs) and then quote one of my quotes of the day coming from blaine which everything else about him i wanted to punch him in the face more than i wanted to punch xander but he's so he's got the praying mantis what's her name miss french natalie french right in front of his face with all of her slappy, doodly tendrils <laughs> just licking his face. And he's like, ah, ah, can I just say one thing? Help! And Blaine says, how do you want your eggs, bro? Over easy or sunny side up? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, too soon. <laughs> Way too soon. <laughs> you sick fuck. So Buffy and the... the gang bust into the basement and Buffy pulls out weaponry and pulls out fucking bug spray. Bug spray. <laughs> I started cracking up Once at this again, point. 30 years later and it's still just as bad as original Batman <laughs> with his goddamn repellent. shark repellent. And then <laughs> it's, it's just great. <laughs> she very dramatically is like, 
and you know something I know you hate, and like pulls out the tape recorder and presses play, and we get to hear some inane recording that Giles has made uh, <laughs> talking about books, and he's like, "No, that's the wrong side. No, 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 it's on the wrong side, Buffy." Oh, Why did the tape get flipped? By the way. <laughs> Well, they just put it in wrong in the first place. Uh, kudos to Giles to actually coming with her on a hunt for a change. Definitely. Logging some field hours. Good for them. So she does give a, a great fucking line here. After she plays this recording, Buffy says, makes your whole nervous system go to hell, doesn't it? You can go with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love that. So she slices up the monster. Yeah. But not after... Um, nonchalantly shoving away Xander. Like, she doesn't say, get back, let me handle this. She's just kind of looks back and forth between the two of them and then goes, uh, and just, he's just like, what? I was trying to help. He doesn't say anything. It's all nonverbal. He was trying to spray her with the bug spray. It's just the most awkward, clunky portion it, it of the really fight is. scene. It really is. And then, but she, Buffy makes quick, lear, quick work of... Miss French chops up the the bad guy. Yeah, whips, and whips out then a nice machete. We get we get a horrible scene <laughs> because Go they're on. they're talk they're talking to Xander and Blaine and Willow is like it's so horrible that she was you know preying on you boys who were making good decisions and not having sex. <laughs> And their response is like, we're not virgins. I don't know what you're talking about. My dad's a lawyer. And if another word of this is mentioned, I'll sue the shit out of you. Because being a virgin is so bad. In in high school at the age of 16. Just the taboo and the general acceptance. Like, I'm sure nobody even questioned this at the time. Just like, well, yeah, being a virgin. It's like you're not a man until you've. Yeah, it's fucking awful. And then Xander chops up the eggs. He gets his redemption slightly in, you know, destroying what's left. And then we cut back to the bronze where Buffy is sitting alone at the bronze. And Angel shows up. Broody time. Yes, broody time to meet with Buffy. I don't know if, like, he just stalked her there, probably. I I mean, where else would he go? I mean, obviously, there's nowhere else to go in this small-ass town. Seriously, he doesn't actually do anything. (laughs) No. He just lets her do all the work. They definitely wrote her interactions in this episode. Like, she definitely has a crush on Angel. Oh, absolutely. And it... It shows better in this episode than it has yet. Uh Uh-huh. And there's actual chemistry there for once, which is a nice fucking change. He's basically commending her for doing quick work on the the clawed vampire. She's like, oh, here, you should take your coat. And he's like, oh, it looks better on you anyway. Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, God. (laughs) But the line works on her. She has that little smirk on her face. And he leaves. Lets herself melt to him a little bit. But we close on kind of sad face Buffy. Yeah. Because, oh, he's leaving already. Whatever. Cut back to the science room. So we have a new science teacher, Droll and, as Oh, fuck. my God. You will do exactly six pages, no more, no less. It'll count as one third of your grade, no more, no less. And mm. Buffy picks up 
uh, the class is dismissed. Buffy picks up the glasses for the old teacher, which are for some reason still, still there. Still there. No one has collected any of his stuff, his coat, and no everything personal is still effects. There. The man has no family. Apparently, she did her research. This man will not be missed. Apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently. But Buffy sees the glasses and she misses the good teacher. And then we get pan down, pan down to some eggs that were left over in the the locker room. And one of them the, starts hatching. And here's the thing. If anyone had taken care of the fuckers personal effects, <laughs> they'd have found the eggs. They'd have found some fucking eggs. Big ones. And this yeah. is not the first time that it that Sunnydale school has been shown to be just fucking inept completely incompetent episode 1 we get someone dying and like the cops aren't called like cheerleader <laughs> How many gets set on died fire at this school in like, just like a two or like a month span too many and they actually talk about that later in the series that (laughs) that there's a high rate of like missing persons in sunnydale and whatnot and so like apparently the officials in the high school are like hey that's par for the course another person disappeared oh well i mean we saw their police force (laughs) not great they need the help uh, and it was like oh. the exact same ending as the last episode with the witches. Like, oh, look, here's this complete cliffhanger that we could totally come back to. And I, they never but do. But never do. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here, huh? So, Josh, what's your favorite quote of the day? My favorite quote of the day, probably, man, there were a couple of good ones. So, it's between Blaine, uh, Giles, uh, Principal Cockblock, and Xander. <laughs> he did have some good ones. I never mentioned that first one from Xander because, frankly, it wasn't very good. Um, as funny as I find Blaine's quote, how do you like your eggs, bro, over easy or sunny side up? It <laughs> is a really good one. <laughs> I, I still think there's more merit to Principal Cockblock saying, we all need help with our feelings, otherwise we bottle them up and before we know it, powerful laxatives are involved. Because <laughs> that couldn't that. be more true and almost just as funny. Oh, man. And it's a poop joke. And poop <laughs> jokes always pay off. And you know what? This character's going to be dead pretty soon, so we don't even... He's not... Let's just give him it re- credit where credit's due. Yeah. And, like, the whole scene that he is in this episode is gold. Yeah. It's just fucking gold. Yeah. Like, when I was watching it, like, I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, I kind of want to rewind and write down this entire fucking bit that he does. It was pretty good. I have to say that my, my quote of the day is the deadpan... Wasn't here, didn't see it, couldn't have stopped you if I wanted to. I liked that one too. I respect that. It was a combination of Giles being like, what you're doing is necessary for us to continue on, but it's still wrong, but oh, we still need to do it. I recognize that uh, legally wrong is not the same as morally wrong. And he establishes himself as a strong ally. Right. On top of that, the way he says it, 
he has said it before. <laughs> this is a thing that he has said before. Like, because Buffy looks at him yeah. and he goes, right, wasn't here, couldn't have stopped you if I wanted to. And it just like, it hints at more background story yeah. going on that yeah. we're not seeing. And I, I love any time that we get that kind of hint it's, that it's an actual world that they're living yeah, in. Yeah, it's almost like uh, rule number one: keep your stories straight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The popo is the enemy. So, did you like this episode? You know what? That question is starting to become pretty <laughs> relative to me. Uh, relative to the last episode, it definitely had more <sighs> substance. It relative did. to what I know is coming, it was still fucking garbage. Oh my relative God. to how it aged, <laughs> it's still fucking garbage. Oh, it's fucking awful. So, I, dude, like, I watch a lot of nostalgic shit. Yeah. And I, so I'm accustomed to watching something and be like, Oh God, that's a that that's a bad moment. Yeah, but Jesus Christ! I, I have to say, um, if this answers your question as to how I felt about the episode, I came out of this episode with oh, one tidbit of knowledge or wisdom, if you will, and that is science teachers are expendable. <laughs> Those motherfuckers just come out of the woodwork. Apparently. They're not difficult to oh find. Oh, my God. I haven't <laughs> cringed this much in a while. <laughs> I got to say at this point, four episodes into this, if I didn't already know that this gets good, oh, yeah. I would stop watching. We'd be done. I don't know how this show made it through one season. Like, the sexism about the way... Like, granted, I know that this character, this monster, is playing off as being super sexy and whatnot. And that, fine, I get that. Yeah. But the response that the male characters have to her is so fucking bad. And it's clear that we're, we're intended to not question that. Exactly. Like, that like, part is no, supposed that, to be taken like, completely for granted. We're supposed to respond with that as, oh, that that's exactly how I would respond. Absolutely. And it's. Oh. Did you ever see Dawson's Creek? Everybody was rooting oh. for Dawson. God. Yeah. Oh God. That's a bad show. Yeah. Don't get me started. And I watched that when I was that age. So wrapping up with the knowing that Rex has oh. watched Dawson's Creek and. Uh, Unfortunately, so have I. Not in its entirety. <laughs> I'm proud to announce. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I could say that. <laughs> has been another episode of Beer with Buffy, and in my opinion, one of the better ones. Even though we ran a bit long, the 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 worst episodes tend to have to hey, have more more to say. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Josh. And we'll see you next time. Good night.
done why are we watching this 